the PHNX Suns post-game show, the VIP Lounge. Baby, we are brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's is this number one what is going sportsbook on right app. Now? I'm your host, Espo. That is Saul Bookman. And those were the shitty Dallas Dude, Mavericks in the, the second half. Roll out, Shane. Get. It is. It's still I gotta going. hear it. I'm just so loud, you can't hear yeah, it. Hear that. Hit that funky sax. Come on. Let's go, man. Let it ride yeah, a little look bit. It. Let's go. How about that? Your Phoenix Suns in game five at home beat the Dallas Mavericks 110-80. Yeah, you heard that right. 110-80. Low tone Capone. There's some hoes in this house. (laughs) Um, The biggest one being Luka Doncic tonight. I heard you guys had some trouble on... uh, on Sunday's post game, we didn't have any fucking trolls. trouble, Espo. No trouble. There's some trolls. Huh? No, we had, we had a lot of trolls. Yeah, it's cool. But you know what? I'm not even gonna call them trolls. Listen, uh, a troll is someone that lives under a bridge. These guys don't have a bridge to live under, so I can't even say that they're they're trolls. They don't even have somewhere to go to watch their own podcast. That's why they watch <laughs> ours, and that's cool. I'm fine with that. We welcome you. We had like over 500 people watching it the other day. Hey. We appreciate all the engagement. Well, let me fans. simply ask, what the hell did you guys do? I left. It was 2-0 in the series. I come back. It's tied 2-2. Of course, they take but care of business. Don't act like when I'm you here, left, but... you didn't like say, oh, the sun's got this and then rolled into your car. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> it's good to be back. How are you feeling after tonight, Saul? I'm feeling a little bit better. I, I, want, I, <laughs> I desperately better. want this series to be over. <laughs> like, I'm... I'm done with the Mavs. Yeah. I am absolutely done with the Mavs. Suns fans are done with the Mavs. Mavs fans are done with the Suns. I know that. So, like, I hope they wrap it up on Thursday. But it was very nice to see. There's a lot to love. There's a few things that I still think are a little bit ugly, and we'll get into all that here. Yeah, look, we uh, we usually go through the first half of a game to start this off. Uh, I don't feel like there's any point no, in that. No, that was the most third. meh first half uh i've seen it it was not pretty suns come out with a with a lead at half uh 20 or 46 uh they were up 49 46 but it was it was pedestrian it, it was an uncomfortable first half of your it was fan. um it was rough because they just couldn't it didn't seem like they were in a good flow and every time it looked like they could hit a big shot to kind of start a spurt it was um it was just kind of thwarted by a missed three or a turnover and it was just like ah oh, like it, they looked like they were running in quicksand um but they put it all together for that second half which was very beautiful we'll get to that second half in a moment but we got to go the one place that we always go after a game let's go get a drink let's go to the bar that's <laughs> oh yeah one thing cures the loses or the losing <laughs> And that is the Espo elixir. Let's go, I baby. No I know you didn't. I know you didn't. That is it. Espo shows up and we win again. Don't fucking leave me again, you, dude. You know why? Because the Phoenix Suns are the best team in the NBA. Suck it, Luca. Suck it, Marquise Chris. Suck it, Tex Mex. I hate Tex Mex, by the way. <laughs> I had to give the people what they wanted. Uh, yeah, look, I. I'm not going to take any credit, obviously, but I'm glad they won because I spent seven hours in a car today to get here from California. And if they had lost this game, you were going to get one angry conspiracy filled uh, Espo in this post game show. But instead, you're getting the excited, kinder, uh, gentler Espo. And let's uh, 
let's get to the good part, right? That second half, in particular, that third quarter. The Suns go on a 33-14 to 14 run. I mean, that was the third quarter. They blew the doors open in this one. And what did you see that was working in that third quarter? I mean, the Suns were just hitting shots, basically. That's what it came down to. Listen, they got they were making shots. They were getting into transition, which was key for them. They had to get out and run and get a few easy back baskets. Mikhail was in the passing lanes several times um, and, and was able to make some seals to start those uh, transition buckets. Uh, and then when you have Devin Booker clicking on all cylinders, um, that's all you need. And then DA was aggressive. Like, listen, in the pregame, we talked about like five key elements that needed to go right for the Suns. And just about all five of those went right in that third quarter. It was unbelievable. And that's why they, they just uh, they took off and never looked back. Well, I mean, your, your point, Book did come out and look like a world beater. I mean, he had a pretty good first half with 16 points, but he came out and really uh, was firing on all cylinders and got everybody involved. I like that. But I got to give credit. To a man while I was out that won coach of the year, Monty Williams. He made adjustments in this game. We did not see campaign at all in the first half or or that third quarter. He brought in Bismarck Biombo, who was a more athletic, uh, you know, big that could could play against this team and didn't play JaVale more than what did JaVale finish with? Uh where is his it's number? A, he played a, three yeah. he played three minutes total. Yeah, it was irrelevant. You know, Bismack comes in i love that monty looked at it and between games you know four and five made big adjustments to that rotation i mean he took a gamble because he he basically replaced um campaign's minutes with landry shamit's minutes um and i thought landry shamit i'm gonna say it he had a really good game he had a really good game landry good for you buddy i'm so proud of you like he had a good game. He was he was defensively he was solid. He's always been one of the more aggressive guys taking it to the basket. You know, he likes to try and dunk on people. Um he hit the midi, he hit some threes. Like Landry Shamit was was a much needed improvement over what campaign was providing um off the bench. And and because of Landry's um length, uh, he you know, he backing him down is a little bit of a trickier proposition for guys like Luca and stuff. So I, I really liked what they brought to the table. And and Luca, this is the thing with Luca too, is like Luca's gonna put up the stats. He always puts up the stats. But you didn't feel like he was that big of a factor tonight. You know what I mean? Like he still had all the stats and he still draws the attention. I like what the Suns did in him and we'll get into that in a second. But uh because he didn't seem like he had that type of overall impact like he did in game three and four the Suns were able to take advantage of it and just run the run the Mavs out of the gym. Before we keep going, I know the chat's asking. Uh, we had to let Lindsey go after they went 2-0 while I was out. So, no, Lindsey is out uh, feeling a little under the weather, so we wish her the best. Hopefully she'll be back uh, soon, so that's why it's just Saul and I here. I want to make sure we made that clear there. But you're, you're completely right in terms of Luca not looking uh, the part tonight. But – I think a lot of that goes to the Suns' defense. Yeah, I mean, he, he only had two assists, right? Which means they very much shifted their defensive approach to him in this game. Well, where, and, and where I'll, and I'll talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just to say where where he was finding guys for open looks uh, at the last two games, and that really hurt the Suns. Didn't have those tonight, and they shot poorly from three in part because of it. Only shooting twenty five percent, hitting eight of thirty two 
for the Mavs after they were on fire from long distance in those two wins. So a uh, big, big praise there, but it, man. Was, it was a lot of flash and recover. Um, what I really, really loved is there was multiple times on the wing that DA was playing the help man, but he was, he was being a pest with his length and just kind of getting his hands in there a couple of times, even knocking the ball out of Lucas hands. Um, and, and, and they weren't playing uh, the, the, uh, they weren't dropping as much. Uh, and, and even on the screens today, the screens weren't as um, instant switching as they normally had been. And, it, and when they did switch on multiple occasions, when they did switch, they, they continued to flash help, flash help, flash help. But their recovery today, that is the thing that set them apart today that they didn't do as much in Dallas. In Dallas, their, their rotations were too slow. And they left guys wide open. Today, they ran around the court like their hair was on fire. Today was the first time in this entire in the entire playoffs that we saw the Suns defense come alive like we have been used to seeing. Um, it was beautiful. They they played their best defensive game uh, of the season tonight. So when you say flashing, you're talking about when they fake kind of fake a double team, go yes. back to their man. Yeah, yeah. It's that quick, I'm coming at you to give the exactly. give the guy pause before he makes yep. his move, but they really stay in one-on-one exactly. on one coverage. Or, or you at least give the impression that you're going to be coming on a double team if they should make a sudden move, um, which causes a little bit of hesitation. It's just that little bit of, uh, of, of having to go through that process and thinking will slow a guy like, like Luca down just enough to kind of throw them a little bit out of whack, and that's what you need to do. And superstars are used to it, but because the Suns hadn't been doing it so much, it, it was more of like, oh, okay, w w not they, he didn't know what to expect. So that that was good. It was good. Well, and in part, Monty made that change, right, because they were getting those open looks from three, right, because they were double teaming, which left a guy open on the perimeter, and they were kicking for that. So by flashing, they both are – Making the the guy with the ball mm -hmm. think that you may double, but also staying home. Yeah, flash and recover. Yeah. Always flash and so, recover. Yeah, I I just some people probably don't uh, don't know the terminology, so want to break it down there. But I thought it was a masterful adjustment by Monty Williams to really get the Suns team back in the mindset of playing elite defense. They've done it all year, but it waned uh, in the in the two games in Dallas, and it was good to see them get back uh, on on that here tonight, which was a big reason why the Mavericks only shot 38% from the field and 25% from three overall. We got a few super chats. Psycho Blue says, the basketball gods are pleased. Shamit is much better a much better one than a two. Let's continue stopping the five out on Thursday. Love from the East Coast, Psycho Blue. Thank you. I know it is late on the East Coast, midnight, uh, pat well past midnight there. So thanks Psycho for Blue, with you gotta us. give us a second, buddy. Like we 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 start talking and like we just get <laughs> we'll come back to the super chat. Maybe got I got you. Yeah. I got you. Elon Musk still skimping uh, only one ninety nine on the super chat. It says Elon here. So where'd all the Mavs fans go? I don't know. I don't know. Well one of them's in LA. Hey Nick. How's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he has some thoughts on Twitter right now. But uh, listen, I, I I don't hate Mavs fans, to be honest with you. I hate I probably uh, dis dislike Luca stands so much because oh, yeah. Luca can never do anything wrong ever, and everybody else does everything wrong, and it just can't be like that. Even CP3 tonight, you know, there was a couple times where he flopped. 
and he got the call. And like, and to me, like I've been talking about all playoffs. Like, I just want dudes just to just play ball. Just play ball, man. Like Davis Bertrand's, you know, gets hit on the shoulder, and you think somebody just absolutely sliced his neck open. Like, bro, just play ball. That's all I want. You know what I like tonight, though? It was even on both sides. What was being called, yes. you know, for the Mavs was also being called for the Suns, where it didn't feel like that in Game 3 or Game 4, and that's what I asked for, at least consistency. If you're calling a flop for one team, if the other team does it, it better be a damn foul yeah. as well. The best one tonight, uh, CP3, when Luka was trying to back him down, and he goaded him into kind of dropping that shoulder, and CP went down. I love that. But, yeah, much more consistent game in terms of fouls tonight, 21 personal fouls for the Mavs, 23 for the Suns. And I think that's a big key in this series going into game six is, is the officiating even. And we haven't seen Scott Foster yet in this series. Does he does he show up in game six? I don't know if he shows up in game six, but I feel like today, I mean, who knows? I, Dallas fans probably feel like the Suns got a lot of calls today. Um, I, I, I felt like today was probably a, a, a fairly called game. Um, overall, and when you know, like a guy like um, you know Bertrand's, you know, tries to sell that he got you know a flagrant one, and then it came back and it wasn't after the review. Um, and there was there was multiple calls all over the place where you know it could have gone either way. But I just thought I just thought overall the Suns had one of their better two way games of the season, um, and they couldn't have done it at a better time. Yeah, they needed it. I mean, if you go down three two and lose three in a row. Things look pretty bleak, but tonight was one of those nights where it kind of restores the order. Uh, one thing that was not consistent and that I am seeing in the chat multiple times is uh, the commentary of the one, the only, Reginald Miller. Um, Reginald, buddy, uh, you have to be less biased because every single time the Mavs just drink a cup of water on the sideline. You think it's the greatest gulp of all time. A masterful gulp you by were, Luca. You were literally swallowing their shit up, and I don't understand why. Like, like, stop, dude. Stop. He mean he means what he's saying. All right. I said what how, I said. How about when Luca fell in that lady's lap and Reggie Reggie sounded like he was uh, yearning for it to be his lap? Yes, I mean, it was yeah, pretty absolutely. Bad. Just drooling over. Or how about when Luca went to go block Bismack Biombo? But actually fouled him, and Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan jumped in on the bias parade today. <laughs> a great what a great defensive play! play. <laughs> oh, but he got the foul. Oh, he actually got all his arms. Never mind. It was, it what the hell? What? Look, it's going to happen that way, and fine. We got to accept it through the series. And if they make it on, and it looks like they'll likely face the Warriors, you're going to hear the same stuff. I mean, that's just the reality. Of where it is, so they just got to keep doing Suns things, and tonight they there they the are, there uh, they are. Get, oh yeah, Jamanch two fourteen J. Not possible, but thanks for uh, he's Mavs in six comment. <laughs> uh, math doesn't work there. You got to win four. The Suns have already won three. There's only two games yeah. left, and you have two. Yeah. Good luck with trying to win in game six. Uh, get, win you the tried, series though. in game you six. Tried. We we appreciate it. Uh, so let's let's name our DraftKings player of the game, the king of the game for tonight. And I think it, it goes to the one, the only, Devin Booker. He basically did it all tonight for the Suns, 28.7 re rebounds, 11 of 20 shooting from the field. And also we saw a lot of point book. You mentioned Shamit coming in, uh, but he was playing more of that two guard. He wasn't playing point it was book playing point in place of of cam johnson so you split up 
campaign. Uh, or excuse me, campaign. Uh, you split up uh, the Devin Booker and Chris Paul minutes in that way, and Monty hinted at it that we may see more point book, and it seemed to be uh, one of the big answers tonight. Yeah, I mean, B- Booker is is kind of the mojo of this team um, because as he's feeling good, the Suns are looking and feeling good. Uh, it, like he's he's the pulse. He's the pulse, and he'll and he forever will be as long as he's in the Suns uniform. He will be the pulse of this team, um, and he might not sit there and and be demonstrative about it um, in terms of you know just shouting for the ball or anything like that. But you can tell when he's in a good groove. You can tell when he's feeling himself. And, uh, you know, and it's infectious for the rest of the team because they know that they can build off of that. And they know that if they give that guy the ball, you know, nine out of ten times, it's going to go in the basket. Well, and just his swagger. We got petty book tonight at times, and there's True. nothing better than petty book. And, and we'll get into some of those moments uh, throughout the show. But I just I love when Devin Booker goes, all right, all right, this is my time, and I'm going to stick it to you, and I'm going to do it with a smile. I don't think I, – I think – there's not anything more disrespectful to to an opponent than when you get that smile. Booker does it. Luca does it at times. And I think if it's if it's on your team, you love it. If it's the opponent, you freaking hate it. Oh, I mean, you like, know? listen, Booker didn't do anything differently facial expression wise than Luca was doing. But you see how what how much of an adverse reaction we have to Luca oh, yeah. winking and smiling as he runs down the sideline. But honestly, like if I'm a Mavs fan and I'm watching Devin Booker do the same thing, I hate him just as much. Oh, like yeah. it's a, like listen, the amount of trash talk that's going on 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 Twitter and and social about these these two teams, it's almost as if you have to acknowledge that the other person is better no matter what. Like I think two things mutually exist. I can hate Luka Doncic and you can hate Devin Booker. We don't have to see eye to eye on that on that fact. I don't have to because you hate Devin Booker, I must now like Luka Doncic. What the hell world is that? Like that doesn't no. make any sense. And that's that's kind of what has been going on all day on social. It's stupid. Well, Just well, dumb. Sometimes social can be a real cesspool between two oh, for sure. fan bases that are going in a Ooh, sure. uh, in a series like this. But you know, we're talking about Devin Booker's smile. You know what makes me smile? So the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Winning some damn money is what Let's makes go. me Let's smile. Go. If you want to win some money, I highly recommend going and signing up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app using that code PHNX. I wasn't much of a gambler. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, before this, uh, in part because it was illegal, it was tough to find where to <laughs> where to get those bets in. But I've fallen in love with using the DraftKings Sportsbook. Unfortunately, app. my bet, my bet did not hit tonight. Uh, well, that's all right. Plus five thousand. Oh, hey, I had I mean, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Aiden, and Chris Paul over twenty points. I and that I was pretty close. Nice, that would have been nice on two of those. Yeah, but Chris Paul was nowhere near close. You, you did not get it. But look, I mean, it's a fun way to add a little something to the game, right? And when you're watching, great way to do that. I've had a lot of fun with it. Uh, the mustache behind the Mac, Shane Diefenbach, uh, has given me hours of entertainment just watching him stress over his bets that he's placed with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So, look, they've got a special deal going on right now. $5 on any team to win in the NBA playoffs, and you get $150 in free bets if they do, if you use that code PHNX. And all customers, including myself, who's been – 
with DraftKings since September can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 in one leg if it doesn't hit. That's the the most fun way to bet because you can see those odds just climb up, right? You stack yeah. those things, you get to that plus 5,000 yep. odd that you're talking about there, and you can turn a small bet into a large one. So make sure to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that code PHNX and get $5 on any NBA team or place $5 on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets. It's just that easy. 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Aju, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, says i thought espo was about to spill his heart to saul and they were going to get married live on stream disappointed honestly Saul, i do love you but yeah i don't you got a (laughs) wife and you just spent the whole weekend with her like that's that's good for you she she might be willing to give me to you we do (laughs) after a whole weekend my wife would not and i thank her every day for it um we've got some other super chats manuel romero in, in the super chat I uh, told y'all those bum ass Mavs fans were bots. LOL. <laughs> and Victor and Stephanie, 199 Super Chat. Thank you. Let's just remember to stay humble, Suns fans, for game six. Amen to that. Interesting thing coming out of halftime, right? Allie LaForce, the sideline reporter on TNT, she mentioned that I believe it was Jason Kidd said basically how this third quarter in the second half plays out is going to be who wins the series. Mm-hmm. An interesting mindset for a coach to kind of cop to, especially when his team came out as flat as they did. I mean, I, I understand he realizes they have a tough task. They have to win two in a row, one of which being in Phoenix. But were you surprised to hear him kind of admit that mindset and then see his team come out as flat as they did in that second Well, um, I, I, I could sense the desperation because, listen, Jason Kidd knew that, first of all, you don't want to come back for a game seven. You certainly yeah. don't want to do that. Um, but at the same time, what can I say to my team to let, get them to understand the severity of this situation and how much this this series is in your hands right now? Like, if we win this game, they're going to be hard pressed to win game six with everything up against them. Like you want to put that pressure on them. So I understand where Jason Kidd was coming from. Now, could it have backfired? Because now you just told, told your team that you don't think they can win two in a row against the Suns, yeah. especially when one of them's at home. I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't mind that mindset. Sometimes you got to play tricks with your team and get them to really buy in. And sometimes they back up. They back, mean, backfire. That was a massive backfire. You, you tell them that. I mean, I assume he said that to his team at halftime. If he's telling Ali LaForce uh, that, uh, you know, before then. So, I mean, how do you come out that flat if you're the Mavericks when your coach looks you in the eyes and says, this is the make or break part of the series. Either we do this or we're likely going home. Yeah. Yeah. And they just come out and they they lose a quarter the way they did in the third. Yeah, so this Maz fan that's in our chat right now, we, I'm not going to say his name, um, but Shane, can you scroll down so I can see the comment? Thank you. Uh, the other way. Thank you. Oh, you, you, you went too fast. Right there. Stop. Uh, y'all are completely forgetting that games three and four happen whatsoever. No, nobody's forgetting that. Listen, the Suns have to go back to game six in Dallas it's going to be very, 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 very loud, and it's mm-hmm. going to be a tough game to win. But we've seen the Suns go into hostile environments in, in elimination games. We saw last year 
Every single game that they won in the playoffs last year was on the road. Every single game that they won this year in an elimination game has been on the road. So it would not surprise me if they did it again in Dallas. Listen, they went into L.A., did it against the Lakers. They went into Denver, did it against the Nuggets. They went into the Clippers, did it against the Clippers. Then the Pelicans this year. I mean, I, listen, we've been down this road before. This team has been down this road before. So what I think you're forgetting about their Mavs fan is that the Suns, yes, they got obliterated in three and four for sure. They did not play well. But there's this thing called momentum, and sometimes when you are absolutely balling out like you did tonight, you can kind of get your juju back and your mojo and and get back to it. And I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that the Suns are going to do everything they possibly can to take care of business well, on Thursday. You make a solid point. Three of the four series this team has won over the last two playoffs were in Game 6 on the road. Mm-hmm. So that's in part why you feel comfortable. But the other thing that I think Mavs fans forget is – yeah, you could win every game in Dallas, but if you don't win in Phoenix, it doesn't matter. And that's why the Suns worked their ass off to get 64 wins this year and be the number one seed in all the NBA. Because all they have to do simply is win at home. And they're one of the best in the league at doing that. And you saw that tonight. And I think the difference between game two and game five is that after game two, I think the Suns legitimately felt like, man, we got these dudes mollywopped. We're going to sweep them. And then they got punched in the mouth in back-to-back games. Now you know that they can beat you at home. Like, they've done it twice. So you're going in there with a different mindset completely. So Yeah, I mean, you know you've got to take care of business, and this team is great at ripping a throat out when they've got the opportunity to. Shane, do you have something to add? Yeah, since we're talking about Mavs fans, can I air something out really fast? Sure. I've seen these comments on Twitter, and I saw it in the chat earlier. You have to pick a side. You can't say, give the Mavs credit. It's not just Luka. Like, this team is actually good. But then when you lose, come back and say, oh, this is the best team in the NBA, and you're beating a one-man band. Which one is it? My God. I, I hate that argument. Oh, well, you're only beating a whatever seed, fill in the blank. You play who you play in the playoffs, and if you beat them in four, five, six, or seven games, you won and you move on. It's not. It does not matter. This is not a you know a beauty pageant. It doesn't matter how yeah. pretty you win. It's about winning in the playoffs, and yeah. the Suns have done that. We heard the same crap from Pelicans fans. Oh, you had to work real hard to beat what was a nine seed. Why are you crapping on your own team like that? Why are Dallas fans doing that? Winning in the playoffs is tough. That is just how it is. No matter what your road is like, nobody sweeps every series, no matter how good they are. Also, like, look at the 76ers today. You know, they were saying, oh, well, we didn't have we didn't have Embiid. We didn't have Embiid. And then they won the last two games. They were feeling themselves. And then they went into Miami and absolutely got worked today because Miami's a better team. They're just a better overall team. Sometimes... Teams have to get punched and they have to respond and and that's okay. Like that's every good team. Look at the the damn Warriors almost lost to a John Morant less freaking Grizzlies last night and they probably should have. Like it's the NBA. There are good players everywhere. You just got to win and sur- survive. We see upsets all the time. Doesn't mean that it, it discredits the good teams. It just means that sometimes other players play better. And if we if we go by, well, this team's better. The Suns were the number one seed in the NBA, so technically every team was worse than them this year. So, look, the playoffs are tough, and they'll continue to be tougher. Let's take a look at the Super Chats. I think we got another one here from Book Sun Walker, $10 Super Chat. Saul and Espo, what are your thoughts on these soft ref calls and constant flopping from both sides? Am I the only one that cringes at this product by the NBA? 
I I I hate it. I hate it. And it's not just this series, it's all the series. I mean, it's just it's just so crazy how guys are flopping all over the place and they're acting like they're getting flagrant one fouls every single time. You know, if if you just touch somebody under the chin, they're absolutely going to jerk their head back as if they just got clocked by a clubber lane freaking uh, uppercut. <laughs> and it's just, it's ridiculous, man. It, it, and I understand like, it's something that was kind of, you know, you got to sell things. Like it used to be just selling the charge was the thing. Right. But yeah. now they're selling every little thing. A guy gets past you and their arm comes anywhere near your face. They flop to try and draw the, the foul. Um, it's just, it's not good for the game. I'm sure they'll address it. They tried to address it before, um, and you know what's so funny too is today, like somebody literally, it was so funny. Like the Mavs fans are kind of coming at me because they were talking about how um, I'm being a hypocrite because I say Luka Doncic flops because Chris Paul flops and Devin Booker flops. I'm like, okay, well, this is a Suns podcast, so I'm going to call out Luka Doncic <laughs> all I want. But then I said they even try in the clip that they used was with me talking about Manu Ginobili flopping mm -hmm. and how they literally tried to institute a rule to prevent that from happening. Like if you if you uh, flop. Too many times you can get a warning or a tech. Um, and somebody was like, Manu Ginobili, get this dude off the off, off of the screen. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And literally, Maz fans came to my defense, which was ironic. <laughs> and they were like, dude, Manu was like such a big flopper. What are you talking yeah. about? You know, he, but look, oh, for me, this is the post Malice in the Palace NBA, right? This is this is the league not wanting hard fouls, not wanting things that escalate into violence. That's that's where we're at, and and that's why we've seen the game turn into what it is with the flopping. I honestly, I don't have a problem with the players doing it. It's the refs I have yes. a problem with because the players are trying to work the system to get an advantage, yeah. right? That's what they're supposed to do. They're trying to they're supposed to exploit where the weakness is in the game, and if that weakness is the refs will call that if you're smart enough about it. I don't have a problem with the players. Yeah. I have a problem with the league and the refs for falling for it. For enabling and, it. And, and enabling it. Uh, and unless they stop it, I don't expect players to stop it. Chris Paul is smart in the way he approaches it. As much as I hate to say it, Luka, Luka, is too. Luka does the he same thing. Is too, yeah. I don't have to like it. I don't have to like the way he whines to the refs about it. I don't have to like any of that. But the reality is... These guys, and a lot of superstars do it, exploit the loophole in the game, and that's why it happens. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to complain when Luka does it. I understand Devin and CP3 do it. It's part of the game. I don't have to like it when the opponent does it and gets away with it. So, let's see how it is. This is pretty funny, uh, right? It's a little funny, though. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have the Super Chat. Yeah, let's look at another one here. Uh couple of them here victor and stephanie i want to know if it's victor or stephanie that's uh giving us the super chat or if they both watch us 199 can we keep the busy chamois duo please b-ball gods uh i loved what bismack brought we talked about it uh and and shamit tried to end a man tonight and uh and i'll take that whenever he gets that opportunity to drive the lane and do it as tough as he does you know i wish you could put the effort that he puts in driving to the hoop into DeAndre Ayton sometimes. We talked about that off camera. Absolutely. So. Another super chat from Ray Blaine. The best part of home games is putting Al McCoy on the mic. I can't listen to the national broadcasters. I'm in Seattle, and the NBA app is priceless. Like, listen, 
that that's the go-to move if you're especially if you're not here we can't though because our cable is 25 seconds behind what's going on so al in the picture would make no sense i don't even understand why that happens i did crappy cox (laughs) come on cox you want to take our shots or yeah, our, was, and look at our snapshots. Take tonight. a shot. Yes, we took our shots at the bar. But screenshots. Look How about at our screenshots. Yeah, let's take a look at the screenshots. I go away for two days and I forget what we named <laughs> this thing. Let's like take a look at our screenshots. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. You know, look, I traveled this past weekend. There's a lot going on in the world. Go get your COVID vaccine. Uh, you know, the fun events are going on around us. We want to make sure. Everyone is safe and healthy. COVID-19 vaccines are free for everyone five and older. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. To answer your question real quick for Victor and Stephanie, uh, me, my wife, and my one-year-old daughter all rocking the suns from California, but I'm the only one from AZ. So they all watch the show. I love it. That's pretty cool. I'll watch my mouth for your one-year-old, <laughs> but I make no promises. Uh, could you imagine what uh, if if the one-year-old listens to us too much? What her first? Oh man, if she be? just like her, if her first word was like "f Luca," I would be so proud. <laughs> Luca's a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> let's hit those screenshots, yeah, let's Shane. Go. Let's go with the first one here. Let's go, uh, Espo. Let's go, oh, we'll go me. All right, it's Petty Book. This was after he got hit. Uh, and shouldered by uh, Finney Smith. I thought his career was over. Oh, I mean, he's laying face down. <laughs> he's motionless. It was Every- so. What's so funny is, is right before this, you were or Shane was like, "Man, he might be really hurt." Yeah. And I was like, "No, he's not. He, he's literally not moving." Everybody holding their breath in the arena. He rolls over with the Devin Booker petty smile, and this I, literally. I, I want to hang this on a wall because it was my favorite moment of the game. <laughs> and it was when you knew that the Mavs were screwed right then yeah. and there. Uh, you know, Finney Smith gets the flagrant one. Devin Booker smiling all the way to the free throw line. That was a thing of beauty tonight. That was my moment of the game. That was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, mine is uh, kind of similar. Kind of, uh, it does, it's kind of out of context. Uh, it's just DA with that look. That look, baby. Like, oh. <laughs> that's, that's all that look means to me. It's just oh, that's it. That's it. Hey, he's uh, that's that. Oh, they in trouble. That's that look when you know somebody else is getting their ass whooped, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what that is. It's that. It's that look when uh, when Da walks in on Reggie and Luca. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I just that look is so priceless, and Da ha- doesn't. I didn't, I didn't know what bench. I didn't know what he meant until you <laughs> reacted, and I was like, "Did you really just say that?" <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Okay. Uh, Eddie, a- anything else that you you felt that m- meant uh, when Da was looking at that? No, like I that? mean he just had a, a priceless Da reaction, and uh, it was pretty funny. And same thing with like, kind of reminded me of the Mikhail Bridges one earlier in the year, where you just kind of looked back, <laughs> and um, so it, they were just having fun tonight, and they were feeling themselves, which is, uh, you know, listen, they had a hard weekend in Dallas. It was not fun. It wasn't fun for any of us. It wasn't fun for them, um, and they got to relieve a little bit of stress tonight. Um, Marquise Chris tried to relieve a lot of stress tonight, but it didn't work for him. He actually ran down the wrong uh, tunnel because he's so used to getting blown out at in that arena and running out the, the that tunnel. He, it was just like it was like memory, it was muscle memory. He just was like, "Oh, we lost about thirty out this tunnel," and then he was like, "Oh shit, I'm in the wrong tunnel." 
came back and went out the correct tunnel. Uh, I, I actually think it was more he wanted to go fight Bismarck. I don't ball. think that's because true. Because Cr- you didn't even see him in the in that picture. But, the, but we did find out that Jay Crowder's okay, it seems like. <laughs> because he was walking just down the tunnel <laughs> like no big deal. I look. Look, the tunnels aren't even in the same place as they were when Marquise Chris true. played here That's true. after the renovation. So I think Marquise had bad intentions, and like all of his intentions, they failed miserably. All yeah, right. Yeah. Speaking of uh, good or bad intentions, uh, I don't know which one. <laughs> I, thought gonna say, has... I thought you were going to say failing intentionally. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Gerald's not I don't a know, I don't know if Gerald has good or bad intentions out there at the Footprint Center, but he's joining us now. Gerald, how are you, my friend? Doing great. How about you guys? Gerald, every time you come on screen, it looks like you got yoked up another 10 pounds, man. What are you on? I'm not on anything. I'm just, maybe I'm closer to the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, You look like you need to be, uh, you know, following around Bismack so you can protect him from Marquise Chris. Was that one of the odder things you've seen in uh, your last two playoff runs with this team? Yeah, that was that was pretty bizarre. I, I couldn't tell what was happening at first because I thought Marquise Chris had just been ejected and ran off and was getting booed. But then there was like a commotion and someone told me that Bismack had actually run off first and Chris, and Chris had just chased him down that same tunnel. Uh, and apparently, I don't know if you guys saw the video or played it yet, but it looked like they had to be separated by Sun Security back in the tunnel uh, before any punches were thrown or anything. So... I don't know. That was that was pretty bizarre. What's going on behind you right now, buddy? Behind me? Well, it just Nothing? looked like there was there was somebody right over oh, your left it, shoulder. It looked for a like Jalen Brunson for a second. It did look like Jalen Brunson <laughs> for a second. I think Ish Rainwright was right there too. Can confirm it was not Jalen Brunson, but yeah, Ish was there. <laughs> okay. Uh, what did what Monty have to say after this one, and in particular about the adjustments he made in the rotation? Yeah, you know, he said as far as Bismack getting the backup center minutes over JaVale McGee, he said it's just a decision that he made after looking at the film and kind of thinking about matchups and the type of energy that Biombo would bring. Um, and I think the quiet part that he didn't say out loud, obviously, is that Biombo can guard on the perimeter and JaVale is more of a drop center. And against a team that plays a five-out offense, that's really hard to do. Um, so that was a big key for them on the defensive side of the ball. He said he didn't blow anybody away with scoring or anything like that, but just his energy, being able to defend on the perimeter, his rebounding, screen setting, all of that really contributed to impactful bench minutes. Um, and then with Landry Shamit, you know, he, he didn't talk about pain, but he said that he liked his ability to defend on the ball um, better than people give him credit for, which is something that, you know, campaign has kind of struggled with. He's been targeted a lot on defense. And then Shamit obviously has the ability to make plays, handle the ball a little bit, knock down shots. And he kind of displayed a lot of that tonight. Um, You know, even if he hadn't made a lot of those shots, just what he was able to provide was a lot better than what Payne has provided so far in this series. What did you think of the Suns' defensive rotations, specifically how they kind of changed how they were approaching Luka um, in this game, especially on the perimeter? Yeah, it felt like they were a lot more cognizant with KYP, knowing their personnel on the perimeter, not shading over as much as they did in game four, or at least in the second half. You know, there was that stretch where they went on that 17-0 run that basically decided the game. Uh, They held the Mavs scoreless for a five-minute stretch there, which was really impressive. Um, It it just felt like they weren't overhelping, and they were doing a better job of keeping the ball in front of them tonight because Dallas has that offense that if you get beat on the perimeter – 
they're going to break you down and find an open shooter. There wasn't a lot of that tonight. I thought this game, the ball didn't move for Dallas. They had way more turnovers than they had assists. Uh, I think Chris Paul had more assists than the entire Mavericks team himself, 10 to 9. Um, and they were good forcing steals, applying pressure on the perimeter. Like it was just the type of Suns defensive performance we've come to expect from them that hasn't been as consistent in this series. When you look at kind of just what they were able to do defensively, do you think that that can carry over into Dallas? Obviously, they struggled mightily with the three point uh, on the three point line in those two losses. What you saw tonight and what you heard from Monty, uh, what do you think about going into Dallas in game six? Yeah, I think the Suns are definitely hoping that defense will travel because Monty said, you know, I firmly believe that. Um, and, and he felt like they had gotten back to themselves a little bit more tonight. So I, I think it will. And this is, you know, we've got to remember, this is the best road team in the NBA. Obviously, the playoffs are a different animal. We've seen in every series how much home court advantage matters. And that was clear tonight again because that was a complete blowout um, in a series that heading into today felt very uh, iffy a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I think – this is the type of performance that you hope carries over. You hope gives them confidence and you hope kind of rewrites the script from games three and four when the Suns just completely didn't look like themselves over there. Did you get an update on Jay Crowder for Monty? Yeah. I asked Monty about Jay Crowder. Um, He said that he took a shot and um, he wasn't sure where it was. It was pretty clearly a a shoulder shot. Um, But he said he, he doesn't have an official update for us yet. We'll get that tomorrow. Most likely. Um, but he said he thinks he's fine. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to stay tuned on that one. But for now, it appears as though we've dodged a, a pretty major bullet there. I mean, I, 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 Monty, all you have to do is just like, Jay, high five. That's it right there. See, <laughs> see if that shoulder comes up. That's it. No, all he has to do is take the guys out when it's a blowout and the Mavs have emptied the bench. Gerald, and don't I leave literally in. said – uh, all the scrubs are in for the Mavs. Why are our guys still in? And not even a second later, Jay gets hit in the shoulder. I'm like, see, this is the type of bullshit I'm talking about right here. Yeah, see, that that's a tough one, though, because I, I don't know. Like, they subbed their guys in pretty quick, and there were still, like, four and a half minutes left. So I get maybe, like, another 30 seconds. That's just an unfortunate thing. I, Bro, I, get, I do get your point. If those bums if, go on a run, we've lost everything. <laughs> everything. Burn it all down and start from scratch, okay? Yeah, you, you just can't take a chance at a playoff oh, game. You just never know, on. man. You oh, never man. know. <laughs> G- Gerald, uh, what players did you get to talk to tonight uh, after the game? Yeah, so we talked to Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, uh, the big three after the game. Did, did they have anything did they to say, say anything of interest? Or? <laughs> he was just like, you answer the question you, I did answer the question. He's like, you ask, <laughs> if you ask a bad question, I'm going to give you a bad wow. answer. How about that? Okay, Greg Popovich. I, I, what did they say, <laughs> Gerald Popovich? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there were a lot of different questions. So I, I think the biggest thing for them. <laughs> now you're just doing that. it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, just being I, I'm, I'm not. You're like one of these Mavs fans in our chat right now, Gerald. Come on, give us the goods. For player, I need more specific. Okay, all right. Well, hey, listen. All right, CP3, how, what did he think of the Suns' overall performance? And did he say anything about his own performance? Because, Gerald, I'm not sounding the alarms. 
But I am concerned that's three games in a row, three bad games in a row, in my estimation, from CP3. Yeah, he, he didn't have anything to say about his own performance. Um, it was mostly about the defensive side of the ball and how they got back to basics. That was kind of the biggest common theme for the three of them was the defense that they played. Their three-point defense in particular was a lot better defending the perimeter, putting pressure out there, stopping guys from getting to their spots, that type of thing. Um, I wouldn't be too concerned about Chris Paul. I know that it's the third, quote-unquote, bad or mediocre game that he's had in a row. But he did have 10 assists tonight. He did hit that three to put things away and the assist to DA to kind of make sure that they close the door on a potential comeback there in the fourth. Um, and I, even, I though just, he, I, even though he was trying to give it away in the fourth a little bit, he was, he was yeah. handing out turnovers like it was a freaking yeah. Sunday at the bakery, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the turnovers are still kind of baffling a little bit, but I do think he's not worn down just by the full court pressure because we've seen teams do that to him before, but I do think the Mavs are targeting him defensively a lot more than people are, are realizing and that he's been targeted in the past. You know, they've got Jalen Brunson trying to go to work on him in the post, Luka Doncic trying to back him down every other play. Um, it just feels like they are trying to wage a war of attrition on him, kind of like the Suns did to Luka in game two, as far as wear him out, make him work on defense every play. Um, and not that Chris Paul is a bad defender. He's just an undersized and, and a little bit older one. So um, that is something to keep an eye on. But I have a hard time thinking that Chris Paul is going to have four straight bad games. And we've seen him and Book go into opposing arenas in a game six with a chance to close out and just have magnificent performances. Maybe it'll be Book again. Maybe it'll be Chris Paul. But I wouldn't worry too much about that because if everybody else shows up, they are still hands down better team like tonight was a pretty average Chris Paul game and they still won by 30 so I, I think they'll be okay even if he plays at this level which again I wouldn't bet on it's just three times in a row to me is a little too much for me and I, I know we all are like well you know we've seen this before and he'll snap out of it it, it happens that way until it doesn't and that's what I'm like okay well now's not the time Chris you drink whatever that miracle elixir is maybe it's Espo's elixir that we had earlier on tonight um and you you find that magic juju until we get to the championship or hopefully we get to the championship I feel like he ate a cheeseburger or something he broke the vegan like streak maybe. and something happened all that pecan lodge baby am I right Gerald or what that was solid uh, Gerald, did anybody ask Devin Booker about the play where he acted like he was dead and then smiled after the flagrant one from Finney Smith? No, that the are you talking about the Luca magic or what did he call it? Luca special? Yeah. Is that what he called That's it? He, he called it. Yeah, that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he called it. The, there's there's some footage of someone courtside catching catching him saying that Luca special or something like that. Nice. But oh, uh, no, so we. We didn't get a chance to ask him about that because that kind of blew up like right as they were leaving the podium. But um, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. And of course, you know, people are gonna use that as fuel or whatever and get upset about it. But I'm sorry if Luka Doncic is doing like the money signs after every made basket he has. Like, there's no moral high ground to stand on in this series. There's flopping on both sides. There's people talking smack on both sides. Like, 
that's playoff basketball. Get over it. Well, and he literally did what Luca does act like he was gravely hurt on the play and then smile like a jackass after it. So he did the exact Luca. <laughs> I'm fine with him saying it like that. So, uh, Gerald, any other final thoughts uh, from what you heard out there at the Footprint Center tonight? Yeah, I, I just think this is a team that was. I don't want to say waiting for this moment, but they capitalized on a big moment in the series again with momentum up for grabs. They played like the Suns team that we're used to seeing. Um, now it would be good if they carried that forward with them into game six on the road where they've been, they've gone over two, but we're the NBA's best road team. Um, it feels like this could be a repeat of the new Orleans series where we were very concerned um, Two two series game five, they seize momentum game six, they go in and grind out a gritty performance on the road to win. I feel like we could be heading for that again. Um, but this Mavs team is resilient. They're going to play with desperation. They're going to hit more threes because role players hit, play better at home. The Suns need to bring that same second half defense that they kind of rediscovered in this game. Well, do you think they close it out in game six? I do. I think so. Well, okay. you heard it here first. Gerald Bourget reporting the Suns will end the series in <laughs> Dallas. Breaking news. Mark it down. Oh, and Luca Ho is uh, also yeah, being yeah, reported as by easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gerald, thank you. Safe travels to Dallas. We will talk to you on Thursday. Uh, well, we're live from the Angels. Only six hours to your flight, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> Sounds good. Going to go write an article and board a plane. See you guys. <laughs> Have fun. Uh, speaking of Thursday night, we will be live out at the Ainsworth for another go. watch party. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. And RSVP, we will be out there starting at 5. We will have live pregame, live postgame. We will watch the game with you. There will be drink specials. We'll have giveaways. I think I'm going to go into my my garage that has all sorts of uh, great historic Suns autographs and stuff, and we will uh, uh, we will make those uh, available as giveaways. So come on out. Ainsworth, 5 o'clock Thursday night for Suns. Mavs game six. We will be out there live with you. And I always love how calm Gerald is when he comes on the show. Like he has a, a calm, a gentleness. He brings, uh, he kind of grounds us, right? And you know what does that for me? Oh, geez, oh, geez. baby. Oh, geez, oh, man. Geez. I, you know, I'm not even gonna lie. I thought I should hit about 20 MIGs on, on the, <laughs> on the, not the sativa. Indica, Indica today because I was just, would have you running around like I was here. just like super anxious, nervous about today's game. Uh, but hey, you know, they got through it and I didn't need any of it. Oh, so, that, but that, it is tasty. That Indica just chef's kiss. It is spectacular. But you know what's even better? The flavors that OG's mm -hmm. has. I love uh that orange cream sickle. Yeah, that's my like, favorite. These are actually better than than just regular gummies that that you eat. Yeah. Like I, I'm a Sour Patch guy, and I actually prefer OGs to the Sour Patch Kids. But if you want to try OGs, stop by your local dispenser and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. Uh, and 
just so you know, they have the new microdose. It's a three milligram. So if you're trying to ease in, if you're kind of curious, like I used to be, uh, just kind of ease in with these uh, microdoses that you can try uh, the tropical flavors in either sativa or indica strains. They're available now exclusively at Zen Leaf locations through May 11th. And if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, you can go to ogsbrands.com. That's OG. EEZbrands.com to find OGs near you. And we got some more super chats. Uh, Victor and Stephanie with three back to back to back super chats at $1.99 a piece. Appreciate you. Can Girth possibly get a Suns player in the chat? You know what? I, I will say this one of these days, that's going to happen. And should the Suns actually take home to Larry O'Brien, I'm going to almost guarantee that's going to happen. And then, second, uh, his, uh, the, the other one is, uh, can we keep the busy chamois duo, please? Oh, we already read that one. And then we congrats already, oh, to Monty Williams, Coach yeah, of the Year yep, congrats. as well. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about that, to be honest, because uh, we didn't have a show yesterday. And he got announced yesterday. So, uh, you know, my, my overall thoughts on, on that is uh, Monty should have won it last year. I'm glad that he won in basically a landslide this year. Much deserved. He was the best coach for the last two years. Um, in the NBA, and he finally got his just due. And um, I think it's not only just a testament to what he's done for um, you know the the players and, and the wins that have come along, but also um, the development of the franchise back to what it used to be. Um, people really, yeah. really buy into this team. They live and breathe with this team. And the Suns fans have always been diehards, but for a stretch there, it just felt like there was just too many bad apples in the bunch and you couldn't really be proud of the team. And now you have a proud team. You have a team that, yeah, Marquise Chris <laughs> is an example of that. And now you have um, a team that you can absolutely be proud of, and it's led by a guy that you could absolutely root for. So uh, big-time congratulations to you, Coach Money. I am so damn glad, too, that he made the adjustments that needed to coming in this game and that they paid off. Because if they hadn't, we would have had to have dealt with, oh, look, this guy got Coach of the Year and he can't even beat Jason Kidd. In head-to-head, like all this crap, Monty showed again tonight why he is the best coach in the league, and it led to a Suns 30-point victory at home. Do we have a producer surprise tonight, Shane? Indeed we do. Um, So, obviously, everybody knows the shenanigans that happened at the end of the game. Shenanigans. And I've wanted to ask this question for a while now, and I'm excited that an opportunity has presented itself. So if you had to pick one NBA player to protect you in a fight, who is it? Uh, Current. Current. Uh, Draymond Green. Current NBA player to protect me in In a a fight. fight. Yeah, Draymond Green. Uh, Nah, I'd go with P.J. Tucker. And the reason why I say Draymond over P.J. is because Draymond is crazy. Uh, Draymond will stop at nothing to rip your face off. P.J. PJ's a tough guy, but he's also a nice guy. Eh, PJ's got a little crazy streak in him. And he played overseas where sometimes it's tougher and you have to even, you know, kind of protect yourself from the crazy fans over there as well. Plus, I know PJ and I think he actually would defend me where I don't know Draymond. So, you you know, you might not. We're not playing in what we know because I don't know any of these fucking people. (laughs) I'm just saying. 
I just, you know, I think PJ actually would help me if I got in a fight somewhere. Or so. he might not, because he's like, man, fuck that guy. <laughs> he was my man. I was one of the few in the PJ Tucker corner. I, I hit a nerve. He's gonna protect me in that fight that's coming between you and I, isn't it? When, <laughs> when I'm when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking crazy scale. So I'm going Bobby Portis, just somebody that looks absolutely would go crazy in a fight. Bobby, Bobby Portis, Portis strikes me as the, eyes. Yeah, he's got the eyes, but Bobby Portis looks like the type of dude that would jump into a UFC ring and get knocked out in the first three seconds because he overswings. Yeah, it might not be a bad thing against a casual. <laughs> Easy in the chat uh, suggests Pat Bev. I wouldn't trust Pat Bev to do shit for me. Like I, oh, but Pat I, Bev is is grimy. <laughs> you need you listen. Sometimes you have to get dirty. Like you have to get crazy. Like and Pat Bev. Draymond Green, those are the types of dudes that like you want them on your side because you don't want to have to go up against them. So yeah, I, I, I would I would say those two. That's fair. You know what? Jay Crowder would be a guy that I wouldn't mind defending me to. See, Jay Crowder's a little too pretty for me though. Pretty. How about Ish Wainwright? No, they're all pretty. Like the Suns are a beautiful team. You know what did bother me? Book got hit. <laughs> Am like, I wrong? Book got hit like that. And in the old days, and now I'm sounding like stay the hell off my lawn yeah, guy. You are. But a teammate would have gotten in Finney Smith's face for knocking uh, your your you know star on the ground like that. Oh, it would have been a fight. Know? And and now Ooh, it's not even thought. That's of. That's a good so. one, Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, even Alvarado, you know, is annoying. He might get in there and do something stupid. Maybe. Uh, but hey, I I like it. I think we got another super chat. By the way, let's take a look there. As uh, Book Sunwalker with the $5 Super Chat says, can we get CP3 some of that green-sponsored morning shakes Espo drinks on a daily basis? What do you think of his play these last three games? That is Athletic Greens. And CP3, if you'd like some Athletic Greens, go to athleticgreens.com slash suns, use the code PHNX, and get yourself uh, some of our favorite uh, early morning green drink if you want. I, I, I'm worried about CP3. Uh, something just does not seem right. He he looked like he was going to come out with a vengeance in this game. He didn't look slow today. I'll say that. He looked like he had some bounce, but his decision-making was all types of whack in that in that second half um, at stretches. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, he just didn't – he just doesn't seem like he's in sync um, quite, quite yet. So I hope he pulls it together for game six because they're going to need him. Maybe it's fatigue, but I just – I don't want to feel like – I don't think it is fatigue. I just feel like he's playing like shit. Look, I don't want to discredit Jason Kidd's defensive adjustments. Jason Kidd has gotten this Mavs team to play good defense throughout this year, and I think they've honed in on CP3 after what he did in game one and game two. Uh, and I think they've led to a lot of this. But what they hadn't accounted for is on a, a night where Book and – uh, and other guys, in particular DA, get involved again when they're shutting down CP3. I think I think the Mavs defense has a lot to do with what's going on with Chris Alex Pratt. Estrada, bro. Like I get it. You think his shot is going in? He was three for eight tonight, one for three from three, and he only had seven points. So I mean, I, I don't know if that's going in for you. Then that's cool. But I, I don't. I just don't see it. I, I I feel like he's struggling on the offensive side for whatever reason. Uh, maybe it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just the the Mavs are trying to take advantage of him. But um, I, I just I I hope he's I hope he is saving it for the closeout game. But um, I think the rest of the team's gonna have to carry that load. Look, 
Thursday night, they're going to have to be gritty. They're going to have to play the defense that they did and keep those, uh, you know, this whole thought that, oh, well, all the role players are just going to hit their shots magically again just because they're in Dallas. If the Suns play the kind of defense that they did tonight and keep their defensive scheme tight, I don't think that automatically happens. They'll probably shoot better than 25% from three, but I don't think the Mavs magically just uh, hit all their shots again. I think the Suns' defense was a huge reason why they missed tonight, and I think they can do something similar in Game 6 if they're focused defensively. You know, Brian, I I mean, that's easy to sit there and say that I'm doubting the point guard. I I mean, I guess that's one way to say it. I've just seen three, you know, non-traditional Chris Paul games in a row, um, and and non-traditional in a – in kind of a fearful sense. Um, and on top of that, like he had plenty of ammo for today after what happened to his family over the weekend, he had plenty of ammo to come back at the Mavs and just ball out and, and, and really make Mavs fans pay um, for that horrible scene in, in Dallas. But um, you know, he just, he did what he does and he, he, he did manage the team as best he can. I just did not like the way, um, he he was just kind of throwing the ball away um, in that fourth quarter uh, in seemingly areas that had no business with the ball being thrown to. So that's what I'm concerned about. Look, he's not going to exact revenge against Dallas fans at home. If he's going to do it, it's going to come in game six in front of them. I think he's going to channel so. that Hope because so. uh, obviously that was a messed up situation on Mother's Day. And there's all sorts of you know, excuses for the Dallas fans, but at this point, don't don't pester a family member of an opposing uh, opposing team. I don't care what you're trying to accomplish; it's it's asinine. And I think he'll he'll come out uh, spicy on on Thursday. I hope you're, I hope so. I, I obviously like I want that to happen. No, like, I know you. Do. I'm not I'm not I'm not doubting that. You know, and um, you know, listen, he's I can say that he played like crap for three straight games because he sets a high standard um, and they're going to need him to win a championship. And I, I truly felt like before tonight that the Suns were not playing at a high level and not high enough level to win a championship. So that's the goal here, right? That's the goal here, everybody. It's to win a championship. Um, and you certainly don't do that playing the way Chris Paul has played the last three games. So I hope he steps it up. I, I, I'm usually always confident about him going into every single game. Hopefully it happens. Mark Prieger in the chat, who I assume is a Mavs fan, says, CP3 is not trying to show up the Mavs until game six. Hey, clean out your ears, buddy. I said he's not trying to show up Mavs fans uh, until game six. If he's going to get uh, infuriated, he's going to get pissed when he's back in front of those people that annoyed his mother and not take it out when he's in front of Suns fans. If that's going to be a motivation for him was my point. Not that he didn't want to beat the Mavs tonight, but, uh, but thanks for that. So uh, we've got another show in 12 hours from now. So yeah, let's do it. 10 30 tomorrow. We'll look more at game six. We've talked primarily about game five tonight. We'll look ahead to game six, talk about that. But if you want additional game five coverage, Go to gophnx.com, become a member, and you can read Gerald Bourget's article that he'll be slaving over a hot keyboard uh, until wee hours of the morning before his 6 a.m. flight, uh, and he'll have a great piece up there for you in the morning. Become a member. If you sign up for the annual membership, you're going to get one of these sweet 
PHNX t short t shirts t shorts t shorts. Ooh, are they gonna make shorts? No, no. you just you just gotta buy the Hells, shirt yeah. extra extra long, and then it's both a t and shorts. Uh, no, get one of these great t shirts uh, for free. You can pick Brian, any of them. Have you the never locker, taken so. an edible, buddy? Like some edibles hit fast, some edibles hit slow. If we took an edible as the game started or as the post game started, it might not kick in until we were done. So probably not. Uh, just or, sleep we'll drive. or it might kick in when the producer surprise is coming. Ooh, that's kind of scary. To okay, think maybe about. we will do that. <laughs> so uh, I think that's a wrap yep. for tonight. Uh, I feel like I obligatorily have to ask anything else that you want to say, Saul? So. Uh, Lindsay, I hope you feel better. Me too. Uh, come back as fast as possible because we hate doing this shit without you. I'm I'm guaranteeing she's been asleep for hours at this point. Probably so true. She's probably not watching. But we do wish a speedy recovery to Lindsay Smith. So for Lindsay Smith, who you can follow at Lindsay Smith, AZ, for at Gerald Borgay, who you can follow at Gerald Borgay, for Saul Bookman, you can follow him at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there so you can fit a 30-point victory for your Phoenix Suns. There, I am at Espo. And remember, hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Mega's in control and he ain't never going to let go. The Phoenix Suns are the best <laughs> team in the NBA. He forgot what to Ahoy, say. Oy. Don't let him get away with it. Yeah, to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on. I throw it down like DA on the lob. Best combo since KJ Marley and Charles. If you squat, just sitting on the chat. Get involved. Rhyme say it's got flavor. Known to shine great. Great o'clock.